Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast. Uh, but of course, no regular episode, no old samey episode. This is our Game of the Year episode. Uh, a week late, but we've very seriously curated our lists <laughs> and really honed in on it. And of course, I am your host, Karen Morrison, joined by my good friend and co-host, John McDonald. How are you doing? I am doing very, very good. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, we're life, life and, it happens, you know, man. And also rogue games sort of get in the way. Yes. Of, uh, <laughs> we both had an, go, oh, some no. unfinished business to deal with in January. But, um, yeah, yeah. Mine's technically still unfinished, but, you know, I'm getting there, so it's fine. You're close, Joel, I'll tell you that much. I'm chipping away, yeah. Chipping you're, away. You're, you are on the home stretch. Yeah. I, I, I feel like it is. I felt like where I left off, I, like, well, actually, just before where I left off, I was like entering the... Uh, the third act for sure and i'm like yep here we go here we go oh boy but yeah but how yes. you been man yeah can't complain um just yeah like i said life i'm back at work now and so like juggling that with griffin and normal life and i'm starting placement for my course this week so um yeah it's gonna be a full-on one um and the other reason why I haven't I hadn't finished that game that uh, that uh, we, we we've both been playing is um I've been sidetracked by a show you've been trying to get me to watch for a very long time, um, which is Crazy Ex Girlfriend. So I've been uh, I've been binging. Finally, that. finally, I I finally got to the point where I sort of got what the show was doing, and I was like, oh oh, this is very cool. I quite like this a lot. Uh, and I am heavily invested now. So uh, last week I was basically doing one night of watching exclusively that and then one night of playing the game that I've been playing. And so I was just alternating. I'm like, yeah, trade them on and off. It's the best way to do it. Exactly. Share in time. And there was one day where I was horribly ill and I did not feel like playing any video games. So just watching TV was probably the best bet for that night. So um but yeah, apart from that, uh, yeah, just trucking along as usual. Nice, How about you, nice. man? Uh, same same deal, really. Um, obviously, a few worse things to juggle in life, but um, work, just going back into full force, games, mostly that one game, but also, I, I also always have a habit of biting off more than I can chew. So I also <laughs> tried to juggle a couple of other games in with this game, but we've both been, which we can just say is Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. it's a great game. So I'm happy to have done it, but yeah, I was also like, oh, I need to squeeze this game in first. Oh, and I probably should look at this game as well. So as usual, throw up my own Roblox. I've actually <laughs> been to the cinemas a couple of times, and so far the hey. moves have treated me well. Having hey. been disappointed, which is good. What did you, you guys see? Uh, so last week I saw Shadow in the Cloud, oh. which was fun. It was a fun little like, man, 90 minutes, perfect length, just a, a fun time in the cinemas. Yep. And then this week gone, I saw Promising Young Woman, which was also very good. Oh my God. There are two movies that I really want to see. There are two Promising movies Young... that I very strongly recommend seeing. Probably more so Promising Young Woman, but yeah, both I remember very, seeing very the... fun good. I remember seeing the trailer for that at about like, this time last year and being like, ooh, because I, I think I was on like a Bo Burnham kick for a while there at the start of last year. And... um. I like was looking him up on IMDb and stuff and saw he was in this movie and I was like, oh cool. And I looked up the trailer and I went, holy shit, this movie looks great. Um, and like everyone in it, I was like, I fucking love all of these people. Um, 
It's so funny. Um, you, you, just because you've been you've been binging Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which also then I was convinced me, I'm like, you know what? I need to rewatch this show again. So watching Promising One Woman, at the start, there's a trailer for a movie that's got, um, I forget the actress's name, who plays Dr. Ocopian in it. And I was like, hey! Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then in Promising Young Woman as well, Scott shows up, which is um Paula's husband. I was like, hey, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, paying off. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry for you know maybe influencing you to rewatch that again because look, I've I was, just been messaging I've, you like I've been watching a soap opera just being like, oh my god, they did it. Oh really goodness, good, yeah. Like because I was honestly, I was rewatching the Good Place, and I was like, this is so, such a good show. But then the more and more you were talking to me about Crazy Ex Girlfriend, I'm like, no, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and rewatch because I I'd already restarted it late last year. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I just, again, always chuckled too many things and got lost yep. in other rewatches. And I was like, you know what? We're going back to this. And yep. yeah, still so good. Love it. Praise awesome. be to Rachel Bloom. Strongly recommend Absolutely. her autobiography, especially the audiobook version. It's very good. It's on my list. It is my, as soon as I finish that show, I'm resubbing to Audible and that's where I'm heading first. Uh, yes. But yeah, but as we said at the top of the show, this is our Game of the Year episode. So we've done it a bit differently this year to how we normally do it. Normally we would just sort of go back and forth and count to the top of our lists. But this year we actually put a little extra effort in, actually wrote some stuff and you, recorded you, some stuff. You're saying about like biting off more than we can chew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. We do that. Yeah. Just, no. I don't know about you, Joel, but me sitting there, like writing up a full thing and going, ah, that game is done. Select all, delete, start again. <laughs> <laughs> I I sort of, I almost like stream of consciousness wrote everything. Oh, nice. I had like, I wrote my list out and then I just went through game yeah, by game over list. a couple of nights. Yeah. And then like, I just stream of consciousness wrote it out. And even it got to the point where, where I was recording and I was like reading lines. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> and yeah, just I, editing it on the fly. I was rewriting mine as well. I mean, like, cause it's, it's so funny though. It's again, this is clearly not a grand revelation but it's just so funny when you have that realization when you're like you're writing it and you're like cool this is good and i've checked it over it sounds good and then you read it out loud you're like god this sounds stupid rewrite <laughs> yep oh, like my one is like how long my sentences can get yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some, there was one that was like three or four lines long and i'm like oh god no, too, too many commas joel too many commas you've you've gone on three comma. different trains <laughs> You've gone on three trains of thought here. You need to cut this down. <laughs> um, period. Yeah, yeah exactly. Stick a period yeah. in there. Finish that thought, then move on to the next one. Don't combine them all together. Um, but it was. I actually had a lot of fun, kind of uh, putting this together. And uh, I, I also did enjoy. It. I did learn that I truly hate listening to myself. <laughs> like the, the process of like finishing, like recording a bit, and being like, "Cool, I think I'm happy with that. Let's just listen back." Oh, my nightmare. Yep. But and especially um, like listening to you say like listening to yourself say like the exact same like sentence over and over again. Yeah. Like, like, Does that like, sound okay? It. Is there anything I need to sort of cut there? Yep. Cutting gaps, cutting any noise. Like, oh, again, shit. these these are not revelations these are not revelations, but it's the first time we've done it for this show. Yeah. And yep. so that was a it was a fun little experience to have. But we've we've got a job, we've got our lists. We um do. I think you're gonna go first and then mine's gonna go. Yeah, so the other interesting thing about this is as well that we haven't heard or read or anything of each other's lists either. So as of recording this, um, we will be hearing our our lists for the first time. 
So yeah, I mean, let's let's be realistic here, Joel's. I'm a- I'm actually excited to see. I think mine should be pretty transparent. I think I've been pretty <laughs> clear, but we'll see. I mean, I mean, look. Apart apart from maybe a couple, uh, no. If you know me enough, like it's it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. I will say though, like, uh, I as uh, towards the point here and as well, like uh, any, I I would have almost been happy with actually with the entire list. Like, I would have been happy with any order really. Like, it's all I could almost just put it in just like whatever order. Um, and just, or like no particular order, but, um, I think I actually the- had a, a couple of games get cut in the 11th hour, just like Ooh. as I was playing Yakuza and something else, I was like, oh, well, a couple mm. of games aren't going to make it. Yeah. Actually I'm just, slipped into I'm- my honorable mentions, which we'll do after the, the lists. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think that's, we should probably stop beating around the bush and maybe, uh, maybe get to it. So yeah, here is my Joel McDonald uh, uh, top ten games of the year, the garbage year that was twenty twenty. Um, enjoy. Number ten. Yakuza: Like a Dragon. I've only ever played one other Yakuza game, Yakuza Zero, and the fact I spent at least ten hours playing the Cabaret Club side game is proof I was a big fan. Now, much to Kyron's disgust, I haven't finished that game yet, but when Yakuza 7, or as it's known in the West, Yakuza Like a Dragon, was announced with a new cast, new setting, and a pivot to a JRPG turn-based gameplay, I was very interested in trying it out. At the time of recording, I've only seen 8 or so chapters of it, but I feel confident that it deserves a spot on the list. Ichiban Kasuga, along with the other cast members, are instantly likeable. I've enjoyed and I'm thoroughly invested in their stories and look forward to seeing what crazy adventures we are getting into with them. I've had genuine laugh out loud moments with Like a Dragon, including one fourth wall breaking moment that is only viewable if you're playing with the English translation. The world is so much fun to explore and it's exciting to have no idea what could be waiting around the corner. The combat feels very easy at the moment, but there's something about Yakuza games and their special moves that are just so damn stylish. Had I finished the game, it could have been higher, but as is, I feel it deserves a spot on my top 10. Number 9 Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 Nostalgia sells, and if this was all Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 had going for it, it would still be a very good video game. But Vicarious Visions took the love for not one, but two of the best extreme sports games ever made, and brings them into a modern age. All of the things you love about the original are there. The skaters, the levels, and by god one of the best licensed soundtracks ever compiled for a video game. But the changes are where it shines. Quality of life stuff, even little things like the music continually playing in menus and between sessions, ensure that this is more than just a cash grab at your childhood. The skaters have all been scanned again, so they are what they look like in 2020, and gives you a roster of cool dads who love to skate. And then there are the new stuff, like the new music, the new skaters, and updated customization options. The list goes on of things that truly make this a special experience, especially as someone who sank so much time into THPS 2 back in the day. If you have a soft spot for the skating games of old, then it's time to do everything you can and pretend you're Superman one more time. Number 8 
Doom Eternal. Doom 2016 is one of those games that was like a shot of adrenaline to the FPS genre at the time. A single player throwback shooter that brings the Doom Slayer into the modern age, as well as building out the world and lore of the franchise, was just what I wanted at the time. Four years later, Doom Eternal takes that formula and turns the video game setting right up to 100. This wears the fact that it is a video game on its sleeve. It has lives, it has health packs, power-ups, the works, and even if it leans into the lore side of things a bit too much at times, I love ripping and tearing my way through the various environments of Doom Eternal. Mick Gordon's score is a pulse-pounding soundtrack to violence, even if the year revealed that he might not have been as invincible as first implied. If I was ever to go to the gym, these soundtracks would be my workout mix, without a doubt. There are a few cons, mostly the Marauder and his stonewalling of the frantic gameplay by adding a slow and methodical combat style, but overall I loved every blood-soaked moment. Adding the collectibles, the weapons, uh, Super Shotgun with the meat hook is one of the best additions to an FPS in a long time, in my opinion, and the I don't give a fuck attitude of the Doomslayer. This is the best way I can think of to go to hell and have a blast. Number seven. The city. Spider-Man, Miles Morales. I still think that Insomniac's Spider-Man is the best superhero game ever made. Apologies to Arkham fans. So getting to spend time with Miles Morales in that same environment was always bound to be a good time. Being a shorter, more focused experience doesn't hurt either, and Spider-Man Miles Morales does that so well. Much like an uncharted lost legacy, the truncated feel of the story works well with introducing this Miles to the masses. After Into the Spider-Verse, I became a big fan of Miles, and even though this version is quite different to the stylish one we saw on the big screen, he stands alone and forges a path for this story and franchise for future games to come. He also feels different to Peter from 2017's outing, with his Venom abilities and cloaking being specific and identifiable with Miles. This isn't just a reskin of the original game. This is Miles' story, and it's one that is as relevant and important in this day and age. Representation matters, and I can only imagine how this feels for kids out there to see their Spider-Man on billboards and commercials around the globe. Number 6 Ori and the Will of the Wisps Ori and the Blind Forest was a jewel in Microsoft's crown of first party titles, and although we may have that on other platforms now, the statement still rings true. Will of the Wisps refines the gameplay of the original, but makes some tweaks to really tighten the experience. All the stuff you loved about Blind Forest is here, the emotional gut punches, the music and the gorgeous visuals, but takes the story to the next step and really establishes this as a franchise that is here to stay. Traversal into combat is just nearly flawless and I had some genuinely thrilling moments working my way around that environment. And I would be lying if I said I didn't shed a few tears at pivotal points in the story. Will of the Wisps is another of those games that takes what worked about the original and refines them into a memorable experience that will appeal to many. If you have Game Pass in any way, this is an absolute must. Number five. 
Animal Crossing New Horizons. This was a game that was always going to do well, and was always going to be on this list. But apart from being the first Animal Crossing since New Leaf in 2012, and being such a fun and relaxing experience, the circumstances of how this game was received, in a time where it was needed the most, will always stick with me. Seeing everyone that owned a Switch enjoying their island life in a time where a real version of that was strictly not possible was heartwarming to see. And we needed it. Say what you will about Tom Nook and his business practices, but he gave us an escape to the noise of 2020 and eased the pain of isolation like nothing else could. Sharing experiences with friends as we visited each other's islands is a reminder of what I love about video games, even if it was Nintendo doing it in their archaic way. Getting into the stalk market or participating in the seasonal events felt comforting. There is a long way to go for Nintendo to really make this franchise sing, but this is a step firmly in the right direction. I've said it before and I'll say it again, this is the epitome of low stakes, good vibes. Number 4 Ghost of Tsushima Samurai are cool, sword fights are cool, Japan is very cool. Ghost of Tsushima is the fruition of a fantasy that I was more than ready to subscribe to. Ghost gives a chance to step into the shoes of Jin Sakai, a samurai wrestling with the conflict of tradition versus progress, and the ride is highly enjoyable from start to end. Plus you get to do a bunch of super fun sword fights with katanas, so that's always a win in my book. The combat sings in this game, and was such a joy to engage in. Exploring Tsushima was oddly calming and almost zen-like, especially when it came to interacting with the various side activities through you, such as riding haikus or hunting down fox shrines. Plus it gave me more moments where I would stop and just look at the beautiful vistas it had to offer than any other game this year. Narratively, it follows the playbook of traditional samurai movies and literature, but that's why I love it. I know what it's trying to do, and throws a few twists that aren't groundbreaking, but it sticks with it. A fitting send-off to the PS4 era of first-party titles. Number 3 Final Fantasy VII Remake I've never really clicked with the Final Fantasy franchise. I've tried, but the closest I've come to really getting into it has been through the Kingdom Hearts franchise, which I'm sure I'll be told doesn't count. And I wasn't even going to jump in at launch for this remake of this absolutely loved and revered game, but a massive shout out to Josh for sending me a copy after accidentally ordering two. I am so glad he did because I, Joel McDonald, have finished a Final Fantasy game. And I loved it. I may not have had the emotional connection to this story and characters before, but I do now. The conversations I've had with fans and friends since rolling credits on Remake have enlightened me to how wild this game actually is, and how insane the future could possibly be for it. If future Final Fantasy games adopt a similar playstyle and combat system, I am in on day one, because this game is fun as hell. Plus, I fell for this story, for Midgar, for these characters. I fell hard. It's hard to believe this game is a thing that actually exists, let alone convincing this guy to buy into it fully, but here we are. This is a game for the history books, and whenever we get news on Remake 2, or whatever it'll be called, I'll be there with the masses cheering and screaming.
Number two. The Last of Us, part two. There's no soft way of putting this. The Last of Us part two was hard to play at times. So why is this my number two game of the year? Because it made me feel things a video game has never made me feel. I sobbed for a good 45 minutes as I wrapped up the game and sat on the couch in silence. Say what you will about this game, it is one that was talked about so much and will be talked about for years to come. This game did the near impossible, making me like and eventually love a character I had vehemently hated from the start and making me question my feelings towards a character I had long been fond of. This game is not for everyone. There are some seriously tough themes that are in no way sugar-coated, more so covered in broken glass and razor blades. I had moments where I physically did not want to do what the game wanted me to do. And this sounds like it should be a recipe for disaster, and for some it was. But I'm someone who, for lack of a better word, enjoys feeling strong feelings when consuming content like games or movies or TV. This is a story that will stick with me, possibly for the rest of my life, and I am thankful that I got to experience it. A story of revenge, and how that can drastically impact a person. The Last of Us Part 2 is bleak, brutal, and unafraid to push back in terms of gameplay, narrative, and themes. And it's the best looking PS4 game on the console, hands down. A technical and thematic showpiece of what games can truly do. Hades. I am no stranger to roguelikes, and the struggle to get people I like to enjoy them with me is an uphill battle to say the least. But Hades took a genre that was often viewed as inaccessible and brought it to the masses. The constant progression of upgrades and narrative was drip-fed expertly, and every death was a chance to progress something. Without spoiling it, Hades has such a fantastic story that is told in such a way that you are always discovering something new and in some ways gave new meaning and closure to mythological icons and their tales. The pacing of how the game dishes out new information and mechanics is perfect, and this is all without even mentioning the combat. It never stops being fun. Every weapon eventually clicks with you and changes how you play, and it feels fresh each time. I put countless hours into reaching the credits, and even then there's an epilogue to work towards. I haven't engaged with much of Supergiant's previous releases, but in my eyes, this one is clearly their best, and it's the best game I've played this year, without a shadow of a doubt. So sit back, relax, and go to hell with my number one game of the year, Hades. And this is my, Karen Morrison's, top 10 games of the year 2020. Number 10. Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yakuza Like a Dragon, or Yakuza 7 as it is known in Japan, is tasked with a daunting challenge. It aspires to continue the Yakuza franchise whilst also introducing a new main protagonist and a totally new take on combat. I'm happy to say with my 30 or so hours of playtime, 
but it has not only succeeded at this, but despite my lack of completion, it has won me over enough to sneak onto my list. Ichiban is an endearing protagonist that I am completely invested in. He's a goofball who references Dragon Quest too much, and yet his overwhelming positivity is irresistible. This positivity becomes the driving force behind most of the game, but at no point so far has it felt anything other than genuine. It pulls together a band of misfits, each with their own motivations and justifications for tagging along, like every good JRPG should, and strengthens their bonds. The game's new take on combat is also refreshing, swapping out the franchise's staple beat-em-up for a turn-based RPG, but still keeping a lot of what makes Yakuza what it is. Action is still over the top, characters will still pick up objects like signs and use them as weapons against enemies if they cross through as they move in to attack them, and the enemies all transform into warped versions of themselves, justified by Ichiban's established obsession with Dragon Quest. Lastly, I want to mention the job system, which also makes sense contextually, because the game starts out with Ichiban being an unemployed, homeless ex-Yakuza, so any job counts. Even if that means spraying your foes down with a bottle of champagne after taking on the job of a host, or taking up a microphone and healing your allies with a boppy little tune as an idol. If you've never played a Yakuza game before, then Like a Dragon is the perfect place to start. Number 9 The Pathless. The Pathless is a game I got to latest when I was compiling my list of this year's highlights. Giant Squid's talent has already bought us Abzu and some of their team also worked on Journey, which is one of my favourite independent games of all time. And also brings back one of the industry's most talented composers in Austin Wintery. This new game definitely has shades of their former projects. The simple, visual and world design will be familiar. The ease with which you sprint through the world shooting off arrows to hit floating diamonds scattered throughout the environment, which auto-locks to keep the experience smooth and enjoyable, is so satisfying. What surprised me most about this game was how large, but not overwhelming, this game's world is, populated with various little environmental puzzles that can be as simple as using your spirit vision to find a hidden symbol and shoot it, to as complex as moving mirrors and bouncing fire arrows around to light a torch. There is enough variety, and it's spread out enough to almost always stumble upon a puzzle to solve, and that makes exploring the world feel incredibly rewarding. On top of all of this, the game also includes a handful of boss encounters that are a fun way to test your ability to master the movement, dodging obstacles whilst hitting targets to keep your stamina up, mixing up between running and gliding to line up good shots. It's in these more intense moments that you appreciate the decision to take the stress of locking onto a target away from the player, instead allowing you to enjoy the spectacle. The Pathless has shown me that Giant Squid don't have to live in the shadow of Journey, and that they can take these ideas and expand upon them. Number 8 Assassin's Creed Valhalla Assassin's Creed has had many ups and downs this generation. It started strong with Black Flag, and thankfully it is also ending strongly with Valhalla. There's been a rising obsession with Norse mythology and Vikings over the last few years, so when Ubisoft announced I'd be able to take an axe in my hand and raid some Saxons, who was I to say no? Ivor and her brother Sigurd depart from Norway to build a new legacy in England, and along the way you'll be tasked with building alliances and improving your settlement. My full playthrough was a tad on the long side, clocking in at about 90 hours with some story quests feeling like they could have been left on the bench, but on the other hand it also had some surprising highs with other quests. There are some choices that you make throughout your adventure that are genuinely tough, some relying on you gathering evidence and others just gut calls. The stakes being incredibly grounded make some of these decisions surprisingly engaging, whether it's finding out who it is on an ally's inner circle that's betraying them, or picking who'll be the next elderman for a settlement. 
The decision to break the game's various regions into three or four hour arcs definitely helped the task of getting through the game feel a lot less overwhelming. There is still a lot of clutter populating the world, but most of it isn't necessary. I would recommend focusing on the mysteries or world events as they call them, as they contain some fun and interesting little story vignettes. Despite some rough edges, Ivor's Tale is one of the more engaging Assassin's Creed stories I played through. Number 7 Last of Us Part 2 If there's one game on my list that I find incredibly difficult to describe how I feel about, it'd be The Last of Us Part 2. This is a game that demands a lot of you, between its surprisingly long playtime and the intense emotional investment, and that certainly isn't for everyone. I've gone back and forth on this game a lot, but cannot deny its technical achievements, performances by the cast, and improvements to the gameplay of the original game. This is a revenge story, and it's one that tugged me in both ways and ultimately left me on the opposite side to where I started in a surprising way. Beyond how the game's story sucked me in and constantly succeeded in its efforts to beat me down and wear me out, one particular aspect that I really appreciated is how detailed the world and environments were. These places, despite being set in an apocalyptic world, still feel lived in, whether it be from before everything fell apart, or those who are just trying to survive in the remains of what once stood. Dealing with the infected is once again the highlight, especially on the higher difficulties where every bullet really does feel like it could be your last. The encounters with the other humans still feel like a weak point, but at least some effort has gone into carving out factions. This is a game that unapologetically commits to everything it does. It's filled with highs, it's filled with lows. But I came out the other end thankful that I experienced it. Number 6 Persona 5 Royal Back when Persona 5 released in 2017, it was my game of the year, but last year saw the release of an expanded and refined version of the game in Persona 5 Royal. I admit that it almost feels like cheating to include it, which is why I've kept it lower on the list, but I couldn't possibly imagine leaving it out of the conversation. This, along with Final Fantasy VII Remake, were my escape during the early days of lockdown, and this one particularly put a smile on my face, as I got to spend even more time with my anime friends and steal some hearts. The framework established in the original remains incredibly strong, and the addition of new characters, music, areas, and mechanics that come with this new version just blew me away. I particularly loved that you had new reasons to spend time with your party members, such as playing darts or having a drink at the jazz club, to gain new perks, further helping me into shaping an unstoppable team and letting me lose myself in this version of Tokyo. The new semester at the end of the game introduced a compelling wrinkle that kept me engaged in some surprising ways. I have some minor complaints about the game's new ending, but it's not enough to stop me from loving this game as much as I do and including it on my shortlist for a second time. Number 5 Ori and the Will of the Wisps I wasn't able to play Ori in the Blind Forest until it came to Switch not too long ago, but after enjoying it so much, I was sure to jump on board immediately when Will of the Wisps was released this year. Primarily, these games appeal to me because they occupy the Metroidvania genre. By the way, we really need a better way to describe these types of games. But digging deeper, Moon Studios have crafted a sequel that exceeds my expectations after how great the original was. Exploring the gorgeous environments with controls that felt even tighter, and Ori's repertoire of moves make traversal so satisfying that you'll want to double back and pick up all the extra secrets that you can. I also thoroughly enjoyed the new options combat added by being able to swap in and out abilities, it added a satisfying level of depth to many of the encounters. All of these aspects are brought together by an amazing score, 
Gareth Coker is on the top of his game. The main theme to this game is incredibly powerful and absolutely one of my favorite pieces of music from 2020. If you like platforming, power-ups, and a healthy amount of exploration paired with fun combat and a beautiful world, then Ori and the Will of the Wisps is a game that you shouldn't miss. Number 4 Ghost of Tsushima the fantasy of taking up a katana and living out the life of a roaming samurai is so appealing that I'm surprised that Sucker Punch actually beat Ubisoft to making a game about just that. Ghost of Tsushima even sometimes reminds me of an Assassin's Creed styled adventure, but in a more honed way. The world map is decently sized, but discovering the many secrets scattered throughout is more naturally incorporated by following birds to points of interest and being guided by the wind to your marked objective instead of a glowing line in the sky. Little things like these went a long way to keep me immersed, which is great because getting lost in Sucker Punch's re stunning recreation of Japan's countryside was something I couldn't look away from. Conversely, the story was one that took a while to grab me. It wasn't until about half a trip a second act that it really took hold, but from then onwards I was hooked. Combat is simple and largely boils down to getting all four stances and changing them accordingly for each enemy type. Once you have the stances down, a lot of the encounters began to flow really well as you dispatch enemies in style. There's fair complaints about how powerful stealth is in this game, but I was always too occupied with using the game's built-in standoff feature at every given opportunity. For good measure, the game even includes a Kurosawa filter for a genuine samurai film experience. Number 3 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim is a surprising departure from the type of game that Vanillaware usually makes. Instead of a side-scrolling action role-playing game, this time around they've crafted a rather unique visual novel. Their trademark gorgeous art is still on display, but swapping out the action for a more narrative-focused adventure is certainly a surprise. This particular entry on the list is really hard to talk about without ruining just what makes it so great, but suffice to say a large part of what makes it so great is that it keeps you guessing and offers you enough breadcrumbs to keep you on the hook. What really impressed me is how often I'd find myself connecting the dots with each new revelation, with very few of them blindsiding me with pure shock value. This game stars 13 teenagers who are chosen to pile up mechs known as Sentinels, which you'll take control of in isometric turn-based strategy. Stylistically, Vanillaware's choice to style the combat like you're watching the action from the war room, making your moves with a distant view of the action instead of boots on the ground, it's commendable that the team managed to balance this large cast of characters and kept me from getting lost as I jumped around the game's sometimes confusing non-linear narrative flow. If you have a chance to check this game out, I implore you to give it a chance. Number 2 Hades I'm not generally a fan of roguelites or roguelikes, but I really shouldn't be surprised that it would be super giant if finally gets me to pay attention to the genre. This is a game that takes the aspects that I generally do not enjoy about these type of games and turns them into strengths. Most notably turning a repeated and inevitable numerous deaths into the method of progressing the narrative and world. Instead of sighing to myself on a botched escape, I'm excited to see what new dialogue would be waiting for me from the various characters that inhabit the hub area. Pair this with some of the most addictive isometric action and a killer soundtrack by Darren Korb, who also happens to lend his voice to a few characters, including Zagreus, 
I'd also be remiss if I didn't mention the absolutely stunning art direction it brings the game to life. Each area you go through is eye-catching, and every character is unique, which makes them all easily identifiable, right down to a lot of a Greek pantheon that will contact you as you try to escape Hades. There's also a plethora of weapons to play around with as you progress, each with several different versions and iterations, that combine with a multitude of modifiers offered by the gods, giving you almost endless options. When Hades came out I couldn't put it down, and that's the first time I've ever experienced that feeling with a roguelite. Number 1 Final Fantasy VII Remake I can't believe that I'm sitting here and telling you that not only did I play Final Fantasy VII Remake last year, but that it is also my favourite video game that came out in 2020. This is a game that should have been crushed under the weight of expectation carried by the legacy of the original PlayStation Classic, but instead the team rose to the occasion and managed to deliver a fleshed out experience that despite only covering the original game's opening act in the city of Midgar, also managed to expand upon it in, inter in interesting and meaningful ways. There are many reasons I could give you for why I chose this game. It brought iconic characters to life in a way that genuinely put a smile on my face and managed to expand many characters that were simply set dressing. The soundtrack delivers on songs that you know, whilst also being completely willing to weave in new ideas, including music from the expanded Final Fantasy VII universe. There's also the way it marries the original game's ATB system with a more modern action RPG style, in a dynamic way with full party control. Even Square's willingness to embrace some more wild aspects of the original, such as the entirety of the War Market section and the completely left-field bike minigame, were both welcome additions that I think many were worried might get left behind. But above all else, standing in a Sector 7 slums and gazing up at the undersections of the Midgar plates was stunning. Accompanied by the main theme of the game, it made me feel like I was truly a kid again, experiencing this game for the very first time. Square Enix have not only successfully embarked on a new chapter for this franchise, they have also redefined what a remake is to me. So there you have it. Those are our lists. We did it, Joel. That's it. We did it. We, we did, did it. it. Um, yeah, I, I will just like, go on record here. I think I said it before as well, but like, I really enjoyed putting that together. I had, I had a good time writing that out. It's, it's, it's very, like, it's not often that we do like sort of like scripted stuff on the show. I think we, we sort of like to fly by the seat of our pants a little bit with making it a bit more like conversational when it comes to episodes. But, um, that was really fun. And I, I, I personally wanted to do it just to see if I could in a way. Um, and now that I know that I can, and after hearing yours as well, like now I know that we're both very capable of doing that. I think we might do some cool stuff like that more often. It was definitely, I definitely enjoyed it. It was definitely equal parts, incredibly fun. And then also all consuming anxiety, just like, Oh yeah. Writing out your thing and going, cool. All right. This is good. Now let's record it. Oh yep. yeah. It was, it was fun. And I'm glad we've, We've done it now. And just our lists, what a what a good year. 2020 yes. was, as you, I know you introed in with it, not a great year. We've said no. it a lot. But games-wise, we were spoiled. Yeah, and I mean, we and it, the, the best part of it was that, like, for the most part, we had time to really, like, escape into them and, and really sort of explore mm, what those absolutely. games had to offer, which was, I guess, you know, if you're going to take a, one, any takeaway from last year is, is a, a good thing as people who enjoy playing video games. So... Um, yeah, like it was good too that that both our lists were 
there were the obvious ones on there that were going to both that were going to appear on both our lists. But yes, absolutely. So seeing where they fell, and also the fact that the stuff that was where we did sort of veer off was like like wildly veering off from each other, which was cool. Like it, it was nice and varied lists from each of us. I feel which was yeah, it was good, really good. Um, any any surprise standings? Any ones where you were like, huh? Um, I mean, like, Last of Us Part Two at seven. I, I, but like, I don't, like, I don't, I, I totally get it. Like, that's, I think, like, I mentioned it in my list where I was like, I, I, one hundred percent understand why this might be further down people's lists or not on people's lists or maybe the worst game you've ever played. I totally, totally get that. But, um. Yeah, it was. It was. I was like, okay, cool, interesting. That's that's, you know, that's a that that that's a a good spot to put it, especially because uh, you know, obviously we've talked just in general as you know friends, so I sort of knew your feelings on the game anyway. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I was like seven, interesting. Yeah, and and uh, but apart from that, I think Resident was pretty. Was like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I th- both of our number ones. Like, I was like, well, I, yeah, it was pretty yeah. like clear cut. Um, yeah. with, with it's funny with the Last of Us actually. When I was initially, it actually nearly got cut, but I was just in the. Um, that's why I have that line there. Where I, like, I just I can't deny how good this game looks, how good these performances are, and just how much as much as it killed me to play this game. Like, I couldn't stop. So I was like, no, it's got to yeah. be in there. It has to be in the list. It would be a disservice if it wasn't. But, yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I was going to say something. I think the only the only crossover that we had in terms of like same number. I think both of us had ghosts at yeah, four. At four. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. We got one where or, we were like, we we, we or were. Or it in was sync. close. Or it was close. Yeah, or it was close. Yeah, off by one. Mm. Um, but and uh, Hades, I guess by the same logic, Hades was close as well. I mean, yeah, but. Uh, I, I did think about that because I, I before we did our battle royale, I'd I'd finished putting my mind together before we did the battle royale, and then it, it, it sort of taking out number one on that. I was like, should I change it? I'm like, no, no. I honestly believe that's my favorite game of last year. I think it's just a game that I could recommend quite confidently to like. A majority of people like it's it's Here's, if if seven remake right had that not come out yeah then there is literally i could not think of a reason for it not to be my game of the year because if you sit me down and you're like okay Kyron, i want you to point out a single fault in hades my answer would be i don't have one like there's yep. nothing the fact that it's, it ends but even then it doesn't end because it like, keeps you going because it's you a can keep playing you can keep playing it yeah. and also there's a fucking epilogue that i still haven't seen yet it was so, just all that. It was all the extra emotional stuff that just pushed Seven over. Yeah. But yeah, any other year, like Hades would have been number one just by. That game is pretty much flawless. Just like. Can't how, think of a fault. <laughs> how, how do you feel? How do you feel about, you know, this old curmudgeon over here, number three for. Final I'm proud seeing up that high on your list, Joel. I'm proud. Yep. I was... We're there for our big, like, three hour ridiculous episode, which I look forward to doing again for part two mm-hmm. one day. <laughs> Yeah, hey, like I said in my list, I will be there with bells on. Like it's, yeah, I, game, I game turned twenty four today. I think it's hey. the original Japanese release date as of the day of recording. Yep, obviously not when it comes out. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I, it was 
two, three, and four on my list were sort of like could have gone anyway. I think, really, I think because I mean, like, Ghost of Tsushima is just. I, I didn't even mention it in like my list. Legends, yeah, Legends. I, I forgot to bring up Legends as well. Like, like the fact that that was a thing that they put out for free that no and was, no one and was, was expecting, and it was really good. Like we had a there was like a good two or three weeks there where we were like fully into that and had an absolute great time because the ps5 like tracks your play time i can check now it pretty much doubled how much time i put into ghosts like yeah yeah it's it's, like it's good like if you're looking for a playstation exclusive and you're like you look at the last of us and go oh maybe it's a bit too intense then honestly ghost of tsushima is the one you should get 100 percent. and in terms of like value like if you if someone who really like value for money wise like you don't buy games that often so you want to sort of get your most bang for your buck out of it that's a hundred percent that like if you've got if you know someone else who owns that game you've not only got a really fun compelling exciting samurai story to play through you've also got this cool legends mode that you can squat up with your friends and be samurai together absolutely so great um but of course now we've done our lists it's time to Time to cast our eyes to the honorable mentions, the ones who didn't quite make it. Yep. Um, a couple of the games I'm going to have here were in my top 10 until I played the Pathless and Yakuza, and they <laughs> sadly slipped. <laughs> yep. Um, I I had... I, so, I snuck Yakuza in as well. Once I'd, I'd started playing it, and I was like, nah, I've got to put this on my list, because one, I don't... It's still getting a lot of love from a lot of people, but it's. I feel like it still deserves. It need it. It is getting attention, but I. I always again the same reason why I snuck Pathless, and I'm like, you know what? Both of these games are so good that they need more attention. Yeah, it's it's at like Persona Four golden levels, but without the fact that it was like stuck on a dead console. Of like in terms of like it, uh, its popularity in the West, I think Yakuza. I think the next Yakuza game might be the one. To really like, I'm really curious up. because it almost feels like Like a Dragon was that one. Yeah, I reckon yeah. the next one might actually be the Persona Five, where it's just like it could be complete saturation. Especially now that that Sega and Rigoto have like just been like, cool, dubbing is a thing. There was yep. a really good thread on Twitter today from one of the guys who did the localization, and he talked a bit about um, how they went about doing the dubbing and talking okay. about the issues they faced. Obviously, you know. It's Japan, native mm-hmm. Japan, native Japanese. They're obviously different dialects. And um, every time you see someone mention like the Kansai dialect, they're like, okay, how are we going to do this? We're just going to have to give it an accent, like a Brooklyn one or something like that. And right. it's just really interesting interesting to read. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that's the other reason why I wanted to bring it up. Uh, it just, it's such a good dub. Like it's a, it's a, I feel like I've played lots of, like obviously the Persona games have good dubs and all that. But yeah, as far as Yakuza goes, like this is sort of, like if you don't count judgment, which even though it's in the same world, isn't Yakuza directly. Yeah. Um, this is sort of like the first Yakuza game that has been fully dubbed. And I just think that they nailed it in every way. Like I love every character. I love yeah. every voice. Like it's brilliant. Well, well, cause it was, was it Yakuza one or two that they did? It was for? one where they had like Mark Hamill as Majima. <laughs> and, and fucking Michael Madsen was in it as well. Yeah, like it was a, it was a thing. It was weird. Yeah. I was talking about that. With and a ever since then, they were like, day. cool. Uh, sub only. <laughs> yeah. But I think now, yeah, like we're at a point now where like voice acting is like serious business. Like people. Yeah. Well, 
take it seriously. It, it obviously is easier as well because you would have. I think you would have had a lot of blowback had you suddenly because even Yakuza Six was pretty big over here. If you suddenly went, okay, this is in English now. Yeah, it's just this weird thing where you've had like five five mainline Yakuza games and zero with just only Japanese language. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure yeah. it would have been fine for the most part, but I think they were just like steering clear. Whereas this one's a new cast, new location, mm-hmm. like just basically set, just primed to be English dubbed. And yeah, yeah, they just nailed it. There were no real character expectations there as well, but... No, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, anyway. because of that, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I bumped um, the two, the, the ones that I was like tossing up between, um, like that were going to be like the bottom of like the number 10 on the list. Um, I was thinking about, I mean, Fall Guys, like it's... It's Fall Guys. Like, it was, it's such a, anytime I jump back into that game, I'm like, this game's fun. Like, it yeah, is like, unashamedly Fall Guys was fun. also, it was in, it was even, I think it was in my ninth spot initially, maybe 10th. Mm. And um, yeah, it did slip, but I was, I'd, yeah, I'm glad you have Fall Guys as well because, yeah, that game is great. And the way they support it is amazing. Yep. And even there's that new update coming soon where we're going to add like 40 new like stage remixes. So, like, you officially have to switch off autopilot mode because that won't be an option because yeah. who knows what you're going to get. And that's yep. so exciting. Yeah, it is. It's great. I did I did manage to get my uh, Doom Slayer outfit oh, nice. for my bean. So, uh, yeah, so he's uh, he's all decked out now and he's uh, a Doom Slayer outfit. And I'm like, cool, I, good. I had, the, I had the crowns, but I think I played a session or two with one of our friends a couple of days before and I logged in and checked the store and it had the, um, the top half of the cat one the cat robot oh is that get a robo is it yeah yeah that one i'm oh. like i've got to get it and then i was crown poor again <laughs> yeah yeah that's no fair. regrets though because i've got a cool like cat mech top half or the little cat paws hanging out in front i love it it's I, brilliant i will say this i i had a similar situation where i was waiting for the doomslayer costume to go up because i think at the time i think it was either the cacodemon that was in there or the um cyber demon that were in, in the store. And I was like, nah, um, I don't know. But then, then one of the daily ones was the bulletkin one. And I was like, Oh no, it was five, it was five crowns. I'm like, "Mm, I know I can get the full outfit of the demons uh, of the doomslayer for six crowns, which is what I had. Yeah. And I was like, not today, bulletkin, not today. You'll have to wait. He'll be there um, waiting. He'll come yeah, back. He'll come they'll around. Come back. They'll come back. Um, but yeah, and the other one that, that that was I was tossing up between for that that number ten slot was I think Avengers. Interesting. And actually, look, no shade against Avengers. It isn't in my honorable mm. mentions. No. Um, but it didn't come close to making the cut for me, unfortunately. And I, I'm not I'm not a massive apologist for this game, like I know some people online are. Mm. Uh, but it was just fun. It was good fun. It was good fun, and I, 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 and like I think we've mentioned many times before on the show, is like there, there's something there. There is, there is, there is a, it's there just is, like there's a spark. So close. It's so close. And a lot close. of it, a lot of that spark is literally Kamala. Like she is the spark yeah. in that game. Yep. Um, I just think, as fun as it was, I and look. It was, a, it was a rough year, so maybe this was the only way they could really get the content to work. But rolling out with Kate Bishop and then following up with Hawkeye, I was like, mm, yeah, mm, I don't know if I want back-to-back. I'm, look, I'm sure I play differently, but Who knows? back-to-back I'm, archers, like, I don't I know, I mean, man. we've got, there's a war table coming up in a week oh, or yeah. two's time, so. We'll, we'll probably see Black Panther in there. Yeah. It's probably 
I reckon it has been long enough, and I'm really excited. Like I, I have a PS5, so I really am keen to jump into that game and see it run properly. Hopefully, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm happy. I'm happy that it was nearly in your list. So I'm glad it got a shout out yeah, of some sort. Yeah, in our mentions. Um, a couple of the other ones, like just the other ones that were like uh, quick fire ones in my honorable mention, just the stuff that I wrote down that I either finished this year or really enjoyed. Uh, Kunai, I played at the start of last year. It's a fun game. It was never going to make my list, but I think it. It deserves a shout out. It's a fun little Metroidvania game with a really cool art style. Um, very like kind of similar to Gator Roboto, which is um, there's a little bit more to it too as well. The combat in um, in Kunai was really really fun. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Journey to the Savage Planet, which I completely forgot came out the start of last year. I thought it was a year like the year before. Um, I played through all of that. I had an absolute great time with that. It was a good way to kill like. 30 hours or so um and it, it, it's completely co-op as well so you can play and see that with a friend really really fun squadrons because i finished it it was really fun and playing it in vr was really really cool really like that it was never going to go on my list but you know it was really i had a good time with it um ghost runner i didn't finish um and i really should get back to that because <clears throat> um it was awesome like it it was mirror's edge meets hotline miami and in a a cool like neo future cyberpunk world and it it was so much fun had a great soundtrack um and yeah it's out on pretty much everything now so it's definitely worth your time um speaking of cyberpunk cyberpunk was an honorable mention oh cyberpunk (sighs) god i don't even know if i want to talk about that um the fact that it was an honorable mention um, I still played a little bit. like five hours of that game. Yeah, and now I'm I, just sitting here waiting for it to be done so I can go back to it. Yeah, I I played more than that, and I'm doing the same thing. Um, From but, what uh, I've seen of it, it seems like a good game. Like, um, Brendan's been playing a lot of it. Yeah, who is also our occasional third chair on the show. Yep, and it looks really interesting, and some of the story quests look great, and I'm so curious about Johnny. I just yep. need it to be done yeah i hear as as you get to the pointy end of the the main story it it yeah it does get closer to some of the things that they were trying to sort of maybe achieve or telling people they were trying to achieve and i was like oh (laughs) absolutely so close um uh, another little one a couple of uh, the last two were like just quick ones that i played one in the middle of the year and one quite recently um going under uh was another roguelike uh, set in like a um a weird like tech startup company it's this really cute art style um all the weapons are really funny and it, it's it's just a fun game um i i wanted to try and get through the story of it just to see if i could um if it would like i would be a contender at least but i don't think it was going to be they did just put out a new update for it called the um the work from home update as well which is really cool that's um, great yeah so it, it basically, yeah, it's it's it got a, another little like bit of a story stuff in there as well. But it's really cool, really fun characters, and and definitely worth your time. Uh, and the last one was Bloodroots. Um, yeah, speaking of Hotline Miami, it's all about like trying to get through a level as fast as possible, and like doing cool things along the way, and you know, one hit kills and all that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, had an interesting storyline of like revenge and. Uh, you know, death and rebirth, and and yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. But they were nice. they were my honorable mentions, just the quick fire list. 
Um, so I haven't got quite as many as that. Obviously, I had four guys, um, which mm-hmm. was, as I said, it was in my list, but slipped for Pathless and Yakuza. The other one was in my list, but became an honorable mention just because I couldn't deny those other two games. And it hurt it was a lot as well, because I liked this game. It was uh, Amnesia Rebirth. Um, oh, of course. Frictional coming back to horror and coming back to Amnesia was so good. I know there are fair complaints from people about that game. And I know, I look, I would be lying if I said... But towards the end, I wasn't like, all right, we can sort of start wrapping this up now, guys. Right. Um, but I did really enjoy that game, and I will always be there day one for whatever horror game, or even just regular game, Friction will pop out because they are just so talented. Uh, I've got a couple here that didn't make my list, but made yours. So this is my chance to talk about them. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yep. A game that... Much in a similar way to Hades, like Hades, I don't like roguelikes that much, but that won me over. Animal Crossing, I've played. I played a bit of New Leaf, but my reasons for playing were just like, hey, I'm just going to collect all the Metroid stuff. Cool, I did it. I won. Yep. <laughs> and then I was done. And then I sort of became more resentful towards that game. So in the lead up to New Horizons, I was like, oh, I don't know. But I bit and I played it for 200 hours, and that game is very good. Yeah. I. I haven't gone back to it since then, but I have absolutely no regrets about playing it. And it definitely delivered some of the most chill vibes that 2020 needed. Special shout out. Uh, this came up when the, um, when the easy allies, easy allies were talking about it as well. The music. Yeah. Love the radical shift of 2am to 3am. Like if you haven't heard the music, listen to those two songs. I, I do that. The way it goes from just like, oh, this, this is a vibe to what are you doing? Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just unmatched amongst most of the music that came out of video games last year. It's the, uh, I, I, talking about games that like so close just to getting it right. Like they're a few, tweaking a few things here and there, like the online experience and yeah. And uh, look, I, actually, I will be the there for the next Animal Crossing. Yeah. I will be there. I think, yeah, this is, it, yeah, man. If you if you got to switch over Christmas and you're not sure what to play and you haven't had someone scream at you to play Animal Crossing, like it's it's it should be a staple on on a Switch. Really, it's and just a massive shout out to Ian Hink for bringing to my attention Ian, Ian Hink from Easy Eyes for bringing to my attention how good that shop closing music is. Oh my good god, yeah, god, like it's just it's just a song that plays when a shop closes. But it is beautiful. And I'm like, how this is just in this one moment? Oh. It's just <laughs> Again, listen go listen to it now if you haven't. It's right. it's ridiculous. I will. Um so yeah, those are the two that didn't quite make the cut, that unfortunately didn't that slipped out. The other one that was on your list but not on mine, that is an honorable mention for me, is Miles Morales, yep. Spider Man. Uh again, it's it hurt to not include this, but the caliber of games was just too good. I really liked it, especially, you know, rocking that Spider Verse suit. Yep. It's just, more than anything else, it made me super excited for Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where I really, really hope we get a better feel for Miles as his own character. Yeah. Rather than having, like, as much as I love the game and he did feel relatively unique, there was a lot of times where I'm still like, oh, it is Spider-Man 1 still, like Sony yeah. City, all that sort of stuff. And again, I still appreciate what they were able to do. Obviously, it's a smaller, more focused game, which is great. Story was fun. Really enjoyed just, even just, I think my favorite part of that game was actually just some more chill being Miles missions. Like, you know, what brief moment where you get to the sort of walk down the street towards the start of a game. Yep. Or doing Walking stuff around, around the, the, apartment, the apartment, like picking the music and stuff. Like, yeah. that was so good. Um, I, I think it's yeah. it's good now. Like, 
it'll be interesting to look back on on Miles Morales once we do get to Spider Man Two or whatever it's going to be called. Um, yeah, true. And 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 looking at because I think this game was kind of necessary to get Miles to where Peter was at the start yeah, of fair. the first Spider Man game. Um, yeah, and as I get that. as much as like um, into the Spider Verse has brought Miles like shot him into the stratosphere into the the public eye the, the mainstream public eye especially um i think this was kind of all still needed just to get him over the edge oh, yeah. with a lot of people um like, look any spotlight we, we can get for miles all for it like, yeah. he's definitely he's definitely become my favorite spider-man over the last few years yep um so that's great just good to see him yeah like you said very excited for to see where the next game takes him uh even I have to I have to mention just how much fun it was though to just abuse those venom powers. Oh yeah. Just made so combat incredibly good. <laughs> yeah. Like and I mean like the combat in in like OG's in 2017 2018 Spider-Man like 2018 2018 yeah. Was really good as well. Um but man like yeah, adding those venom attacks in and then like stealth that actually worked because you had a cloak like <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. It did. It did give you some easy outs in some encounters, though. Yeah, yeah. Or if you're that's like, true. you're like, oh, I need to go. I need to go stealth to hide, which is fine. You know, that's sort of a thing that most stealth games have, so it's not an issue. But it was just like, okay. It was cool though. It kind of reminds me though a little bit. I've, I was listening to the besties talk the other day about Hitman Three, actually, and, and they were describing about how like when was like the moment that, that those games of the new Hitman games, especially, like clicked for them. And it was the moments, especially in three, where they were like, the developers don't want me to fail this. Like, they don't want me to have a bad... Because that, that results in me having a bad time. Yeah. And so they want me to explore and they want me to have fun with these sort of things. And this is on a much, much lower level. But, like, yeah, giving yourself, like, if you try something new entering a combat and you fuck it up, you're like, oh, cool, I'm going to cloak out of here. Uh, and just like reset and try again. Um, yeah, it's a kind of a similar thing. Which man, just side note about Hitman Three. There's one level in that that I hear is fucking incredible, and I've heard people talk about it, and it sounds amazing. I've um, heard people talking about stuff for like one of the last missions, making them go, "Okay, I am interested in a Bond game from the studio." Yeah, so I'm very curious. I've heard. I've heard. Uh, there's a murder mystery level. Oh, no. So I've seen pictures from that with nods to um, Knives Out. Yes. Knives Out and Agatha Christie and uh, Poirot are I mean, a lot I of the... need. I need to get to Hitman 3. Yeah. I haven't played Hitman 1 or 2, but I guess like if Me I either. just get him as a bundle, right? Like... Yeah. Like I, I, yeah, I'm dog shit at those games. I have played a little bit of 2 because there's video evidence of me doing so. There is. It, it exists. Um, If you want to go find that. But yeah, and I'm garbage at it. But like hearing about this this uh murder mystery level where you basically have to you become a um like an investigator essentially and you've got to solve a murder mystery in this like mansion um and i'm like that sounds awesome and then hearing about the different ways that the people on the podcast i was listening to resolved it were all vastly different like they were the, the outcomes that they all achieved were all so different and i'm like Wow. Okay. But anyway, nuts. just sidetracking. Um, um. So then my uh, look. I'll, I'll give. I'll give you. 
Uh, you know what? Only one, only one more honorable mention. Okay. And that is um, that's Spiritfarer. Uh, it's a game. It came so again, came so close. I've nearly finished it. I really like it. Mm. There's just something about how often I'm doing the same things, which is kind of just bumming me out. And how often I'm just like sometimes just look, zooming that map out and being like, where am I? Where am I going? Right. This person's like, hey, bring me peaches. I'm like. Why can't I filter peach seeds for these yeah. islands? I'm like just scanning each island individually going like, you know what? Google, which island sells the peach seeds? Done. Um, but the game is gorgeous. The music is incredible. And I really like the theming. Like it's, it, I had it sort of spoiled for me, unfortunately. But um, oh. when I found out the framing of what how, how, what the story is doing, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys on my boat right now is bullying me a lot though. And I don't like him. Okay. He's mean. <laughs> Well, yeah, I have some thoughts about like where where it could be going. I've yeah. I haven't played all that much with it, but I I I do want to. I would like to go back to that, but um, my my tip for that is if you played Animal Crossing and you were like, I really like this, but I want some narrative direction as well. Play Spiritfarer. <laughs> That's... Yeah, it's fair. Like Spirit Spiritfarer is ultimately the game that should be called Animal Crossing. Like it just well, is. and that too, yeah, as well. Um, but like, it is that sort of like doing those sort of chores for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, like there's, you, you plant very basic crops. You can make very basic food mm-hmm. to keep your residents happy until they're happy enough to sort of take them to the next step of the story. And yeah, like, and yeah, it just looks really nice. It's yeah, gorgeous. It's great. Thunder Lotus make incredibly good looking games. Oh yes. Um, but that's sort of it. Like I was going to give a shout. I didn't want to include it as an honorable mention because sadly I haven't finished it. But I want to do a special shout out to the game that came out in 2020 that we didn't play. And I'm sure when I do play it this year, it will be the best game in 2020 that I didn't play in the right year. And that's Necrobarista. I'm yeah. going to get to it. Yeah. And almost, I, I saw they're adding new content now and I almost want to wait till that's all available. Yeah. And just I, binge it all in one go. Yeah. I need to do the same thing. We talked about that Started game. Started it, loved so, it. Yeah, me too. We screamed about that game for years and years, but it's just like, unfortunately, just got lost in a year. But I'm going to get to it. I've got it installed. When this content comes out, I'm in. I can go start digging into it. I just feel so guilty. I had to. I wanted to mention it at least. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I'm. I'm glad you did because I. I wholeheartedly uh, back you on those statements for sure. Oh boy, but that's uh, another year in the books. I think it is. It's yeah. Wow. And now, now we're moving forward. 2020 is now dead to us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We're now in the year of 2021. Uh, there's already the things of... that I want to talk about on the show that I've been playing but I can't because this is game of year only exactly I finished Maneater that was okay oh shit okay <laughs> it was but also I've been playing the Resident Evil 8 demo that's really exciting there's stuff I've... there's there's good stuff coming <laughs> I've just been playing when I've got my I haven't even really played my Switch that much I haven't even had like nights where I've just sat and played something on the Switch I played over that's the break bit... I played a little bit of um, Burnout Paradise Remastered on the Switch runs like a fucking dream at like I, pretty solid 60 frames and it's witchcraft um my life on the switch right now is every now and again i open up the eShop and i hover over buy now on the scott pilgrim game and then i close down the eShop and i'm like it's gonna happen one day i just that's go back to that game so badly that's why i haven't opened up the eShop because i'm the same it just it's sitting there um, it's like on the top of my wish list now because it's the most recent thing i added i'm just like oh, mm. I, want, I want you but I'm just so busy right now. <laughs> I did play, I played like 45 minutes of Cyber Shadow as well. Um, nice. It's pretty good. It's 
I never played Ninja Gaiden, but I'm like, this is Ninja Gaiden. But <laughs> I can feel like, like from what I've seen of Ninja Gaiden, I'm like, yep, yeah, this oh, is actually. Uh, I you know what? I'm breaking the rules. Okay. I'm bringing in one more honorable en- honorable mention. Oh, okay. And it's a um. I feel like it's almost one of privilege. <laughs> okay. Because I feel like it would be wrong to not bring it in. Uh, yeah. But as a person who owned a PS5. You really do have to play Astro's Playroom. Yeah. Um, it and I get it sucks right because PS ones are really hard to get. Yep. And I get it. And apparently they're going to be really but hard to get until probably the end of this year. That's what I'm hearing as well. I saw one of the, the chip, one of the people who makes you know works for a company that makes the chips. Yep. Oh boy. But um, if you do manage to, even if you know someone who has it, just go and play Astro Bot because it is first a really good game. Really good platformer. And it is the game that really was just like, hey, this is what the DualSense can do. Yeah. How's that? And like now I'm actually really excited because tomorrow, our time, Control Ultimate Edition is coming out for PS5. Now I have to start a fresh save, which is fine. At least I don't have to pay for the upgrade. <laughs> but it's going to have DualSense features, which Ooh. I didn't know was happening. I'm like, in. So tomorrow I'm queuing that baby up, starting a new save and going back to the um, oldest building. Hell and yes, dude. Extra, extra special. Yeah, seeing the Astro Maze like at 60 FPS, like, let's go. Um, and also a special bonus shout out to Demon Souls, a game that I like playing, but every time I play it, I'm like, man, I really like Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no shade, Demon Souls. It's just... It's like, without this game, we wouldn't have got Dark Souls, but... Yeah, the rest of them. Yeah. I'll be honest, your age is showing. Yeah. You look gorgeous, though. Good Lord. Yep. All right, that's it. That's my list done. That's the done. episode done. Let's done. wrap it up. All right, cool. Yeah, before we get on any more tangents, which uh, it's, I think it's time for us to wrap up the episode. So thank you very much for hanging out with us while we uh, talked about our uh, games of the year for 2020. Uh, if you liked the episode, if you liked our lists, if you liked the way we did our lists this year, please let us know. Reach out to us on all the various social media platforms. Uh, we are at Dialogue Options. You can find us on any of those. Uh, you can hit us up, send us an email to contact at dialogueoptions.com. Uh, .au? Every time I do this, I try to put the email in. I always forget if it's I think it's just .com. I think just we're just .com. I should have backed myself. Um, we're a classic .com. <laughs> yeah, I should have backed myself. I, I thought it was, and then I started second guessing. Uh, yeah, please hit us up with any feedback, comments. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys about that. And because uh, we like doing these things so if you like it then we'll keep doing it uh if you want to find us on our individual accounts you can find me at jolly mac where um i mean like one of the last tweets i posted could be an entire topic of conversation that we could do as well because i'm pretty sure you uh participated in this sort of like there's been a lot of like like this is such and such uh, you know, what's yours on Twitter over the last few weeks? Uh, oh, one that yeah. I one that I participated in was like, "What's a video game moment that lives in your head rent free?" Here's mine. It's a shot of uh, without saying. I mean, it's a super old game now, but like, without saying too much, the shot of a uh, uh, boss holding a um or big boss holding a, a a gun towards the camera. Um, for reasons. Uh, yeah, that's uh. That one sticks there with are me too for many, Joel, There are too many in my head. There okay? are. That, that was my answer to that tweet. Like, there was just too many. I did the boss battle one. 
Mm. Okay, because I picked Maria from Bloodborne. Yep. Maria from Bloodborne is the best boss in all Bloodborne. Don't at me. <laughs> and I did the um. Where is it? There was also the. Yeah, then there's one moment would stick with you for the rest of your life, and I was like, I posted a video of the bouncing holy materia, and I think enough said. Yeah. Whilst partially trying to protect a 24 year old spoiler. Yeah, I, I did the same thing with Mega Sold Three, so it's you know. Um, but the other thing as well, today I received another birthday present, um, which was, uh, my Adventure Zone Bureau of Balance tabletop storytelling game arrived today. My limited edition one that I managed to find a copy of in Australia. Um, and it's gorgeous and pretty and I love it and I can't wait to play it. Um, and just as a quick thing, shout out to, uh, Brainy Zombie Games, uh, up Mildura Way, I think they are, in Victoria, um, for being the only place in Australia that's stocking it. And um, because I ended up chatting with uh, one of the people who works there, or the person who who runs the place, I, I assume, uh, and they were also a McElroy Brothers fan, and it was really lovely to talk to them. So if for some reason you are listening to this show, uh, thank you so much for stocking the game and um, your amazing customer service. So... If you're looking for something like that, maybe go check out their website. It's pretty good. Where can they find you, Karen? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter where I am at LemonManX. As I already stated, I have participated in a couple of those game things that will stick with you. So I'll spare you from those tweets since I already brought them up. Uh, and I've, honestly, the most recent tweets have been retweets tied to seven because it was its anniversary today. So let's just scroll past those down to a wholesome retweet, which I'll I'll... I'll Dedicate to you, Joel, and it was the Bluey one for the Bluey album. Hey, Getting to number one. Fuck yes. <laughs> they did it, man. They did it. They did it. I've streamed the shit out of that on Spotify, so that I definitely contributed. Juggernaut. <laughs> it's, oh, man. It legitimately is a good album of music. Like, it is It is just nice to listen to. Um, and, you know, if you're a fan of Bluey or you have kids, you already know this, but it is just really well-made music like it it just feels like the soundtrack to a movie like or or a tv show that you would listen to it doesn't feel particularly kid focused so when do you think we get our bluey movie i don't know something to, something for you to think about joel what i want is a bluey video game i mean sure let me let me explore the the healers world of you know Brisbane or Cairns or wherever it's set in Queensland. What's it going to be like? Visual novel or no? No, no. I want like I want like open world three oh. D open, open world. Bluey yeah, game. collectathon. Let's just uh, you know. Actually, you know, collectathon could be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Remember, Do, remember there's like Rugrats games back in the day. Simpsons hit and run. That's what I want. I want, but but with Simpsons Bluey hit and run with Bluey. Fuck yeah, do it. That's my that's my <laughs> hot tag for the day. <laughs> Anyway. Well, I'm, I'm done, Joel. It's up to you, Rap. Take us out. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you again for listening to the show. Um, share it around with your friends if you like the show, might like to listen to it. We really appreciate that as well. And until next time, we'll see you later. I
podcast.